So over the last couple of weeks, go ahead, Chase. We have been in a quasi-sermon series. Um, I've been calling people of the light as we are following sort of our what we themed, the Advent theme was for here in, at Trinity. As we were thinking about what it means for the light to shine through us, we are looking at what does it mean? What what does it mean to be a person who allows the light of Christ to shine through us? What does that mean? And how can we make it tangible in our own lives? And last week, I actually found it really helpful to be able to listen to the Holy Spirit in this space and and do some of this questioning work together. And so I'm going to invite us to do that again this evening as we walk through uh, 1 Thessalonians, which... Um, is one of Paul's very first letters that he penned to the church that he started in Thessalonica. Uh, He had sent back Timothy and a couple of others to check on how this church was doing because he hadn't been able to go back and catch up with them. And so Timothy came back and gave a good news report. And so Paul penned this letter back to them to encourage them to keep doing the good work Uh, and to address a couple of things. And tonight's passage, we're going to hear some really deep theological language about the coming of Christ once again. Now, I want to say that for the early Christians, uh, people who were following Christ thought that Christ's return was imminent, that it was a lot sooner than we have now known it to be. And so uh, that shift in theological thought is what Paul is going to be talking about and leaning them into what it might mean to continue into the work of, uh, of following Christ even when Christ's return is not going to happen right now. So with that ear, I'm going to invite us to hear this scripture three times again. The first time we read it through, I would like us to hear for a word or phrase that the Holy Spirit is putting on our hearts um, as we think about what it means to live in this world awaiting this coming future. And then the second time, I want to listen for an emotion that might bubble up as we read the scripture. And the third is what is a takeaway, what is an action that the Holy Spirit might be inviting you into? So I invite you to prepare your hearts as we read through 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, a couple of verses, verse 13 through 18 together. Here for that word or phrase. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven. 
and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So friends, where is the Holy Spirit pointing your heart in this passage? What word or phrase comes to mind? Chase. Encourage one another. Yes, encourage one another with these words. Yes, John. so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Thank you. Any others? The dead in Christ will rise first. Any others? That Jesus will return. Absolutely. Any others? We declare to you by the word of the Lord. What I hear Paul doing in this passage to the Thessalonian church is making a connection between hope and Christ. Hope in a world where death reigns and what it might mean for us to be connected to Christ as we live in this world. Connecting hope to the future. A future led by Christ. In every movement, we are led by the story of Christ. Christ's death and resurrection holds power. And that power is where we rest in this moment. It's what stood out to me. Any others?
We'll read the scripture again together and listen for an emotion that bubbles up for you. Hear these words. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive are left until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of a command, with the archangel's call and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together, with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Hmm? All of 17. What about all of 17? Mm-hmm. It's hope. Absolutely. What feelings bubble up for you as you hear these words? Yes, John. Mm-hmm. Yes, what it might feel like when everything is made right. Yes, wistful. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. I want to hear from others. What is it that you are feeling as you listen to these words? Yes, Helen. Reassuring. Absolutely. Any others? Does this feel a little bit like a dream to you? When I hear these words from, from Paul, that's what I think about. It's almost this wistful dream. And I ask myself the question, Paul, how do you know? How do you know what this moment when Jesus comes back is going to look like? Have you ever seen an archangel, Paul? I haven't. How do you know that a trumpet will sound? I don't know that. And yet Paul feels the freedom to be able to turn to wonder in this moment about what the future could look like. How many of us in this room have done that? have looked to a future with a sense of wonder and almost created this picture of a perfect future in our mind. 
I know I've done that. I did that just a week ago as I imagined what it would feel like to stand today here hoping, wishing that I would have been passed by the Board of Ordained Ministry. How many of us have turned to wonder or dreamlike state at the hardest moments in our lives? When you wished something were different. For the church in Thessalonica, they were in this moment of waiting and wondering and looking toward a future without hope. So what might it have felt like for them to receive these words from Paul, this almost whimsical future of Christ returning and plucking them up from their moment? Reuniting them with the people who have already gone on before them. That's the ho- what hope does for us, I think. A hope, not just any kind of hope, but specifically a hope connected to the light that Christ provides, that illumines our dreams and gives us the freedom to look into a future not with fear, not with trepidation, but a future where we can almost play with what it could look like as long as it's rooted in one thing, Christ. Therefore, encourage one another, Paul says, with these words. Will it exactly happen like that? I don't know. Can we dream about it looking something as whimsical as Paul? Absolutely. So what does that mean for us today? In the places where we inhabit, in the lives that we lead, what might a hope in a certain future look like? Hear these words one last time. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words.
What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you through these words? As people who are alive, what might it mean to live in hope? Go ahead. Choosing an ordinary guy like Paul. Paul who, before what he was Paul, was Saul. Who chose to live out what he believed at the time in a way that was not what God would have wanted. In a way that caused harm, and yet God transformed, made new, and spoke to him. Where might hope reside for you? You who are alive in Christ, where does Christ show up for you? As we lean into a future that may be unknown, we know one thing for sure. We know that Christ chose us, chose love, and in that love paved the way to for us to love others. It's all I got for tonight, folks. It's been a long week. 